Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. My guest today is Aiden Brown. He's a flat track racer in his rookie season with uh, American Flat Track. He races in the singles division, and uh, I think you're going to love this. This kid has his head on straight. He's just a fun kid who's focused, very competitive, but you can just tell he just oozes fun and excitement. You're going to enjoy this one. Enjoy Hayden Brown. Here we go. Yeah. I got a potential superstar here, man. This dude right here coming up. Superstar. He races flat track. You hear me, man? You hear me? This dude's good, man. He's a pro. Hey, it's BT with Tales on the Gemini. Man, I'm so excited for this guest right now because I, 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 you know me, I cyberstalk people. So I was on my, uh, I was on Instagram. This kid has this sweet looking flat track bike, and I go, man, I hit hit him up, and then he hits me up because hey, want to be on the podcast, and I go, bet, and I couldn't believe it, and now we are together talking, and this guy, you're gonna be killing it, bro. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna be killing it. I don't know where you are now but you're going to be killing it in the game. It's his rookie season in American Flat Track. He races the uh, the singles, which you're going to get. You're going to educate me because I have no idea what singles are. But it's my man right now, Mr. Aiden Brown. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Man, great to be talking to you, man. I've been trying to, like, trying to cyber-stalk you and see what you're all about. Bro, you're my kind of dude, man. I mean it from the bottom heart. I'm going to call you. Have you named your uh, new bike anything? Have you named it anything at all? Uh, my 17 was actually, it's a 2017 Honda 450, but it was uh, originally named Brenda. 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 Yep. Uh, Corey Texter named it. It was Corey Texter's old bike and he named it Brenda. And then, uh, I'm like the third owner of it. So I just ran with it. I I love Corey. I have nothing but respect for him, but no, we're going to name that bike Purple Rain. I mean, I'm old school and, and that movie came before you, you know, before you were even here on earth, but we'll call it bike Purple Rain. A lot of people say I look like Prince, so. Okay, don't get cocky, buddy. But, I mean, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it for the bottom of No, you know what? You do. You just got this. Man, you see you, and you see your Instagram, and I go, you can't help but like you, man. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You just have, and the way it should be, you're enjoying life, and you can tell it. It's like you're letting life come to you. And it's like you're enjoying all the fruits of it. You got a good-looking bike. You're a good-looking kid. All you need now is to produce the wins now. You know what I mean? Exactly. So from here on out, I want you to call the bike Purple Rain. That, that's the first thing we're going to do, okay? I got you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> man, I, I, the great thing about this is I always, I always try to do a little research on my guests, whatever. But for you, it's just almost strictly through Instagram. So there's nothing I don't really know. So it's like... Tell me how the journey started. Like, where you know, I think you're from Washington State originally, are you? No, I'm from Kentucky. Kentucky Walter, Kentucky, right? Yeah. Okay. Hey, okay, so growing up, how was it growing up? Like, what were you into? And when did you get, like, the fever for motorcycles? So growing up, uh, I actually lived about, let's call it 20 minutes down the road, uh, closer to Cincinnati itself. I was right by the river. And growing up, I was never, like, a motorcycle racer. And I've always been like a ball sport player. So I was baseball, basketball, football, like through and through. That's all I did. Well, then I, um, I was in the sixth grade and I ended up traditioning, well, moving, I guess you could say to my cousin's house, yeah, which was uh, like probably the best move that I've ever made in my life uh, for better education purposes. And then that followed out to be motorcycle racing as well. And uh, my cousin, Joel, who's, been a follower to me and much more. He's uh 
he's great. He's great, great guy. I couldn't ask any more for him or from him, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he stepped up and provided the bikes for me and made sure I wanted to do it. And here we are today. We are, we're racing motorcycles. Well, now I don't get too deep of a dive, but like, did you get any trouble at home or, you know, with the home situation a little unstable? Uh, a little bit. We were moving a lot with my mom and I was living with my grandpa a little bit and, you know, kind of just needed a different swing. And my sister moved out here and I wanted to be with my sister. So I moved out with her and, Better education and motorcycles is what it came out with. Dude, hey, the, the, my favorite saying ever is education is important, but motorcycles are more importanter. You know, that's my that's my favorite <laughs> saying ever. And it's so true. Don't get me wrong, man. I want you to stay in school, whatever. But man, when, once to me, I, and I've always said this, once you get on a motorcycle, ride a motorcycle, I'm like, how can you not be addicted to it? So like, I, like when did that come about? Even though you were, like I said, doing all the other sports, when did all of a sudden it became, this is what I want? Well, what was the defining moment? uh it was just the adrenaline rush it's the speed i i don't know i've i've gotten a kick for going fast and the first time i rode on one i was like yeah this is fun you know and i was like out there on a little xr50 riding around the yard and you get that feel you're like all right this is cool well then you start moving up and i learned clutch probably i don't even i want to say maybe three months later i was riding an xr100 around a racetrack in bloomington indiana i learned in 30 seconds and uh that was probably the coolest thing ever. And I didn't, the bike, I ran the bike three tanks of gas through that thing out there. I was just riding around and I got hooked and it was on. Oh man. That's, now, how old are you, man? How old are you? I'm 18. Oh my God. You're just a baby. And you're, and now you're a pro. Yep. Dude. So, okay. So you start riding what at 12 or 13? 11, 12, somewhere in there, yeah. So, which is late for a motorcycle racer, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, most of these guys I interview, they started three, some two, and you start. So, you have a lot more room to grow. Yeah. So, like, so like, when did it go from just having fun to going, hey, I think I want to race? Uh, it was it was like 2016. They were like, you want to, you know, try out riding on an actual track? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, I learned riding around a local track down by me. It's called Lawrenceburg. It's actually in Indiana. I think you're from Indiana. Yeah, I'm living so, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah, you could have stopped yeah. by. You could have came out here. <laughs> yeah, so our local track's uh, Lawrenceburg, and I started out there and, you know, just putting laps in on an XR100, and it was like, all right, let's, you know, one of the races come up, and it's like, all right, let's race. So we went racing, and, it's always been something I've enjoyed and it's fun, but now it's like, it's my second job. You know, you, you wake up and it's race day and you're like, all right, it's time to get the job done today. Oh, I love that attitude. Okay. So like, when did, uh, uh the exact moment happen where you decided like, I'm going to put everything into this instead of like being like a little project, like, you know, sometimes you do basketball, like you're okay, but you know, you, it's not going to take anywhere, but you, you do it just to do it. When did you decide, no, this is what I want to do, do. Um, that's a, that's a really good question. Actually. I've never really thought of that. Um, definitely over like the last few years, like on two fifties, when I started getting pretty good on them, then I was like, all right, I like, I want to go to the next level and race them with like all the locals and stuff that got their pro license and everything. It was like, I want to be like them. And then it got to the point where it was like, start a four fifties. It was like, okay, like it's time to buckle down and 
figure out how to ride these motorcycles fast. What was that first race like? Well, I mean, tell me about those, like the adrenaline rush or like, were you scared or? Um, like the very first race. I've, uh, I, it's been so long. I've had so many races in between. You're only 18. How do you forget this? You're 18. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, if it was me, people would get it, but you're 18. How do you forget that? <laughs> I mean, you got to think every year I'll say we probably, we probably race, let's say 50 times. So you got to put 50 into six years. I mean, that's, but you're still 18. I mean, how do you forget? I remember when I was 18, <laughs> I remember the first time I did anything, but especially racing, you would think you I remember the first time I got my Z50 and I was in third grade and I came home from school and I was like, <gasps> and I got on it. And I remember the first time I got on a motorcycle, everybody from the neighborhood came down and my dad let everybody ride it, which made me mad. But anyway, so I remember riding that and it had the greatest feeling ever. And I'll never forget that feeling. So your first race, you're only 18. You better tell me you remember that how did you what was that like did you did you win did you crash <laughs> I got I got second I didn't crash I got second I was I was a little far back I was in like a different class area there was probably like seven or eight people out there I was a little far back but I mean I finished the race and then actually the next day we had another race and I ended up winning that one so so your second race you got first yeah. And then a star was there was born. only there was only two guys, so it wasn't nothing <laughs> crazy. I wasn't doing and my first race there was only two guys too. So I mean I got second my first race and first my second race, you know. Man, so, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't that. tell everybody your secrets. <laughs> Here I'm going, this guy's pretty good. There's only two guys in the race. Oh, that was sneaky. That was sneaky, AB. I'll give you that one. Okay. Okay, I see what I'm dealing with. If this was my kid, I'd be like, you know, son, that was good, but go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He got second his first race, but there was two. Okay, smart ass. I see what I I see what I'm up against now. I see what I'm up against now. Okay, so yeah, man, yeah. so now that you're racing, like who was who was the one racer, if you can remember now, that made you go, oh, I want to be like that guy? Well, growing up a lot, like when I first started racing, my like I traveled a lot with uh, – he rides for Essence and Racing Yamaha now. His name's Trevor Brunner. So I traveled a lot with him. So I like I based like everything. I'd just watch him. Like, you know, that's someone you're really close to. So that's like who I worshipped. Well, okay, so now, though, now that you have a little more experience, if you can remember it, now that you have a little more experience in racing, who makes you, like, even at this level, who makes you just go, wow? Like, who um, wows you? Because now you're with American Flat Track. And by the way, congratulations on that, because that is a great organization. And, I, you know, like, I got some years on you. So I remember how... American Flat Track was, I mean, just the flat track racing period was back when I was growing up. I used to love to watch it on TV. It was That was a gateway for, for MotoGP, for all the riders. And then, you know, it took a, I don't know what happened. I know I got older and didn't see it on TV anymore, but now it seems like a resurgence. So now you're with a great organization. It's on TV. Who's the one rider now that you look up to now? You watch like the big boys that we say and you go, oh, my God, I want to be like this guy. I focus, I focus a lot like at the track, especially for Daytona. I watched uh, Dallas Daniels a lot, which is Trevor's teammate. That dude, he's a he's a stellar guy on a motorcycle. Dude, you know it's funny you say that. For some reason, and I don't know why, 
Cause I did, I took a deep dive in it, and I, Dallas Daniels for some reason he resonates with me also. I just I, for me he's kind of quirky, and I love. I don't know why I say that, but I I just feel like he's kind of quirky. But I love that guy. I love what he does, and so I'm glad you said that. And, and what is it about him that makes you gravitate toward him? I mean, he's he's like right now he's one of the best. So you gotta you gotta focus everything on him. I mean. Everyone watches him, whether whether they say they do or don't. You know, he's just – he's a guy. I mean, he did the double in Daytona, which was really cool to see. Um, I rode some moto over the winter with uh, him down in Florida, which was really cool. But he's just – you can go to him with any questions you got, and he's got the answer for you. So, I mean, he's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, he's just – is a bad man on a motorcycle. Yes, he is. Yes, and you're not so bad yourself, man. Honestly, it's like I said, rookie season and pros, and even though it's early, I think you've uh, you only done like one race, right? I mean, the Daytona, right? Yeah, two two races, one weekend. Okay, so now, like, what can you tell the difference between amateur and pro, even after just like one weekend? Uh, let's say you're fed to the wolves. These guys, they they mean business. Whether it's the first lap of practice or the last lap of a main event, I mean, they, they're just on their game. So that's one thing that you always hear as an amateur is like, you know, you're wanting to move to the pro ranks. These dudes mean business, but like you don't know it until you're actually out there. And like my first laps, uh, like in the semi, that's like when I really learned, like it's it's time to be aggressive and use the throttle as your friend. And I mean, these guys, you know, this is their job. This is what they're, they're paid to do. So, you know. It changes the whole game. The amateur racing, you have a lot of fast talent and aggressive riders, but like the pro level, you know, it's not hit or miss. It's everyone. Mm-hmm. I noticed, but I noticed that about you. I was looking at your, uh, I think from practice to the results is like your times got better. And it's almost, it's funny you say that because it's almost like a light clicked off on you. Like, holy shit, I got to get my game together. Cause I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that, I think after the first practice, I think you were like 41st or 38, something like that. Right. I was like 30, 37, 39, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then, but I noticed you kept creeping up. I think you got to what, maybe 17th or what? I, I'm not sure. No, I, got, I got 32nd or 22nd. My bad. 22nd. Yeah. 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 I knew it was somewhere 20. around there, but, 23rd maybe yeah. <laughs> but, but but the light clicked on for you like this is what I gotta do yeah, and, yeah. You, and you stepped your game up yeah me and me and dad had a long talk and it's, you know <laughs> it's time it's time to go you know so that's that's one of the big things that he's focused on a lot with me here recently is like you can't wait you just got to get it done like you got to go do it so that was like one of the things for Daytona that I always keep in my head is like you got to go you know like don't be that guy that, you know, is say is on the brakes and the guy next to you is on the gas. And Nick Daniels explained Dallas's dad. He actually explained something to me in December about a story of a guy that was mad that he got passed. Uh, I forget the guy's name too, but he got passed and the guy just left him right off the corner. And he was like, his, his reasoning why he was mad was because he was on the brakes, but that guy was still on the gas. So that's like one thing that's really stuck with me here recently is like, don't be that guy that's on the brakes when that guy next to you is on the gas. One of my favorite sayings, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know who it is, but they, they say Steve McQueen said it. He goes, brakes, never heard of her. And I love that, you know? And that's a great saying. It's just really for racers. And I give you guys so much respect because it's easy for us to talk about it. Until you've been on a racetrack, which I have. I haven't said a race, but I've been on a racetrack and on track days. And people don't realize, man, it, it comes that time you go, holy shit. 
shit. You're gonna, you got to go outside your comfort zone. And outside your comfort zone on a racetrack, even though it's supposedly the safest place, it's still a scary place. What was your old shit moment up to this point where you went, oh, boy, this is, this is getting scary? Um, uh, I would say probably Ashland last year. I, uh, I was actually racing some really, really fast people and Cameron, you had him on your, during your podcast. He was one of them that was out there too, which was the first time this, this weekend was the first time I ever beat Cameron. Oh, you beat Cam? I I beat Cameron. (laughs) I'm going to hit him up and say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh. I, uh, I had a pretty good day starting off, like practicing everything. I was really fast and I just felt comfortable. Like I kept getting asked, like, what changes are you wanting to make? I was like, nothing, just let me ride. Like I, I feel good. And I didn't know I had the speed that I did until like I, I won my first heat race. And then I got third in the second one. And I was like, I don't really know what happened there. I was like, don't change anything. Just let me go. And I ended up getting the whole shot of my first main event and I won it. And I, I won it, I think, by like half a straightaway maybe, which was like pretty good for me that day, especially like the night before I got beat. So that was pretty that was pretty relaxing and calming for me. And then the the next main event, I had Cameron in that one. I was like, I want to be like, I don't care where I finish. I want to beat Cameron so bad. <laughs> and like, that's one of the first times we've actually raced each other like on a big track. Like usually we just ride each other at local short tracks and stuff. But like, this was like the one time we had horsepower together. Like it's time to stretch legs and see who can win it. And I got the whole shot. And I, I was told that I had almost a straightaway lead in like two laps. And all I remember is just like, keep pushing. Like I was not letting Cameron buy me. And, uh, in the center of three and four, I think it was about like two to go. Maybe I hit like a nasty hole and it threw me up over the front end. And I was certain I wasn't going to save it, but I ended up saving it. Actually, I was real close to the fence, but I saved it. And Cameron caught up a lot there. And then I almost wrecked again and one and two. I got super Western there too. And Cameron caught up, but I ended up beating him by maybe like two, three bike lengths. And that was probably like the coolest thing ever. And I remember too, uh, obviously it wasn't too long ago, but I remember telling him that I remember telling him that I was going to text him every day up until his next pro race that I beat him that weekend. And I did just that. I had it like set up in my phone where all I had to do was like tell Siri like a certain line and she would send it. (laughs) I love it. That's that's the new generation. I'm going to tell Siri this. I love that, man. I love that. Now, how did did Cameron react to that? How did Cameron react to that? Uh, He he didn't really give me any emotion, which I think was kind of better because if you would (laughs) have like shown that he was bitter, it would have just been worse for him. So... I don't really know how he took it, but I guess he took it like a champ because the following weekend he was actually going pretty good. He was, I think he finished sixth in Springfield. He just like their main event just beat the rain, which was a bummer for everyone else. Cause that would have been a pretty cool day to watch, but yeah, he was up front after a red flag. So I guess it was, you know, good, good for him. I, I assume. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> now, now does that, does, is there a good playful teasing or sometimes does it go too far where somebody goes, all right, that's enough or, or they've gotten mad at you for something like that? Um, no, I think we're the, the people I usually mess around with mess around with me. So we're all pretty close. Like all my local buddies, it's, it's all fun and games and you know, it's another weekend at the racetrack really. Like if you win the local race, yeah, that's cool. Cause you just beat, 
some of the fastest dudes, but in the end, like it's all. Oh no. Okay. Oh, okay. You froze just for a second. Okay. You're back. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you, man, like every, every racer talks about having the red mist. That's when like, you know, you get pissy, like something happens and you just get pissy. Have, have you had that yet? Uh, I've had a lot of the times I get mad and just get fired up is when me and dad start arguing. But other than that, like, I don't really, I, I feel like I don't ride better mad. I feel like I ride worse. So I just try to stay calm like all day. And it's just like, I just, I need a win today, you know? So that's just one of the things I try to focus on. And I don't really like one weekend, I, I did a double in Harpster one weekend. And like my big thing for that weekend was like, just go have fun. How do you tap into that at, at 18? How do you tap into that mental space? I mean, because you know, I, I don't know what it's like. I mean, it's great now to watch. I always say you guys are growing up in a great, this is a great time because you got everything at your disposal. You can you can actually can learn from YouTube or whatever. And like you get Siri to send a text message for you. So like, where did that mental space come from to get mentally prepared? Where did that come from? It's like, is it innate or did you learn? Uh, a lot of like Trevor and dad and you know just everyone in my ear it's like you know you just got to stay calm stay focused like don't get too far ahead of yourself and like that's one of the things too like with the pro season as I'm yet to make a main event but I, I don't want to get too far ahead where I'm like I gotta win you know it's like just go put in laps just you know make the show first once you make the show then figure out how to make the main event and just move forward each weekend because you know the guys that are winning they didn't win every race so, you know, you just got to put in, put in laps, just log laps, keep going. Just that's the only thing you can really do is just stay calm. And, you know, this is a different game than what I'm used to. So I just have to, you know, stay focused, humbled, and just ride my motorcycle to the best of my ability that day. Well, it's like the 10,000, the 10,000 hour rule, you know, what you think something 10,000 hours, then you become like a pro at it or you're already pro, but become an expert at it, you know, or uh, the Japanese call it Kaizen, you know, K-A-I-Z-E-N, where it's constant improvement every day. And that is great because you, like you said, it's, uh, I don't think there's any rush because you're 18, it's your rookie season. So it sounds like they're just letting you just feel it out, just get better, no pressure, just, you know, enjoy yourself get better on the bike and you show constant improvement. You can't help but love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty good. I spent like a lot of time down in February, uh, down with Johnny Lewis, uh, which was really good. And, uh, Johnny's a just great guy. He's got all the tools in his tool belt and, you know, he helped me and there's a few other people like Jess Reynolds, Ryan Wells also helped me really a lot. And, uh, yeah, it was just really good. He kind of just built me into you know, being equipped with the timing and everything for AFT, uh, a lot of health and stuff, um, just training me through and through, just keeping me focused and, you know, getting me out of my comfort zone. The one thing I like is to be super comfortable, and that's when I go my fastest. But one thing that he has been trying, or like he did try over February, is like trying to get me to get out of my comfort zone. And Corey Texter also told me too one time, I got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So that's one thing too, that I've also like gotten to, I don't know. I, I just use it like a lot moving forward within races is like, well, I'm not comfortable 
I got to figure out how to be comfortable, uncomfortable. So yeah, now, it's been pretty good. Now, what does that encompass in racing? Because I, I know what it's like in life to me to be uncomfortable, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like for me, sometimes it's like, you know, being in a crowd or it's like, you know, like going out in, in, in the wintertime and taking a cold shower every day, which is what I do. I like being uncomfortable. I go to Europe. I, I you know, I don't give uh, the GPS. I, I try to find something organically. So how do you be un- get comfortable, uncomfortable in racing and doing what you do? Um, a lot goes into like your training, like your training and everything. Like you want to make your training super, you know, like hard on yourself that way, like you're prepared for the worst. And like with racing too, one thing that I see a lot is like when tracks are super rough, I go my fastest and I don't know why it is, but when it just gets gnarly, I, I go faster. And one thing that I need to get comfortable with. Oh, you're back. You're back. Go ahead. Uh, one thing I just got to get comfortable with is just going fast on a smooth racetrack. I don't find myself really ever fast on a smooth racetrack. I don't know what it is. Real? So you're you're uncomfortable. It's a little tacky. Yeah, I I like it. Like uh, Springfield Short Track. I don't know if you have you ever seen that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm no rookie yeah. at this, man. I know a little bit. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Well, some people have seen it and then some others, like you say Springfield and they're like Springfield what, you know? So yeah, like there's short track. I, I don't know. I found myself to go really fast there um, here recently over the past few years that I've ridden there. I felt I've gone pretty fast and I don't know, it just gets rough and you're just on the gas. And I don't know, it's just one of the, one of the things that I find myself really equipped to, especially with living in Northern Kentucky, I, ride a lot of Ohio pea gravel racetracks that tend to get rough and just broken apart. And you just got to be aggressive on the throttle through it all. So yeah, that's one thing that uh, I just find myself to go fast through. Wow. So it's the tacky tracks you get better on and the smooth tracks you, you can't. So, so you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're uh, so you being uncomfortable, trying to get comfortable and uncomfortable will be a smooth track actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I like that, man. That's kind of weird in a way. You would think that everything's nice and smooth. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to really excel here. But it's when it gets a little tacky, that's when you decide to excel. Yeah, like smooth, slippery, short tracks. I'm not very good at them. But like, you know, once they're kind of like just beat up and you can just hammer it, yeah. I just find myself to go faster. I don't know why. I love that, man. I lo- so, okay, take me to where... How did you turn pro? Because I don't know how that happens. I know you were probably kicking ass on the amateur ranks, you know, probably having fun. But when did it, when did it happen to you're going to go pro? Like, did you decide it? Did somebody else recruit you to go pro? How does that happen? I have no idea how that, that happens. Uh, so we all, me as the family and everything, we all kind of talked about going pro for the last two years. But we didn't feel like, well, I didn't feel like and dad didn't feel like I was ready which I respected his decision because these are, you know, these are the best dudes in the country at what they're doing. So um, actually in the world, this is kind of turned into a world sport. A lot of people come over and race here in the States and it's kind of changed the game for flat track, but yeah, um, we kind of just figured after the end of this year, like, let's give it a go see where we stack up. And I mean, it's uh, it's still a tough game, but I'm not going to give up on it. I'm just going to keep trying. Well, you're 18. You better not give up on it. I mean, sir, you're 18. You can't go to a bar, so you might as well. You got nothing else to do but train. 
<laughs> okay, so what do you do for a living? What do you do for? I mean, I mean, what do you have to do in the day job? Let's put it that way. Uh, I do plumbing, actually, for my uncle. So it doesn't doesn't Cam do that also, or he does air conditioning? Uh, yeah, Cam does HVAC. Why don't you and Cam get a business together and just do it as a front, and then you guys can just go race motorcycles, like get somebody else to work for you? I mean, why why would you want to snake somebody's toilet when you can be out racing? I mean, I snake the toilet, <laughs> you know, Monday through Friday. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's when that's when that calls for that. Would you rather be a full time, like full time, full time, like like racing is your? I mean, that that's what pays the bills. Uh, I would enjoy to do that, but you know, as racing is, you got to have a backup plan afterwards. No one's gonna race until they're you know ninety five years old, and so you know there is some people that do it, but at the sport now, I don't foresee anyone racing until ninety five, especially <laughs> with like most people retire around like. 40s ish so yeah I, I think you know that's a good backup plan for me and I've actually kind of enjoyed it surprisingly I didn't I didn't really know where I'd be at with it and I kind of enjoy it. it's fun I have uh good people I work for and they're actually my aunt and uncle and uh I work with a good guy too he showed me everything so it's been pretty good well here's here's a weird question which I I thought this was a stupid question until the person explained it they asked him like do you enjoy the actual racing? Because there's a racer and, they, and he goes, you know what? I don't really enjoy the racing. He goes, I'm competitive and I like winning, but the actual racing they didn't enjoy, which I found out I, that really perplexed me for the longest. Like they like the preparation, they like the practice and this and that. And they like beating people, but they didn't enjoy the actual, they didn't enjoy the actual racing. So do you enjoy the actual racing? Is it fun for you? Um, I enjoy like local races. Like that's like something that I like enjoy. That's where I feel like it's my like go have fun, win or lose. Like, you know, you're riding your motorcycle and it's kind of like a practice track just with, you know, mm -hmm. we got me, Clark Morian, Jared Lowe, Jeremiah Duffy, Trent Lowe, and Trevor Brunner. And we all battle it out every Friday night down at Lawrenceburg. So that's like fun to me. That's when it's fun. And uh, you know, you go to a pro race and everyone's demeanor is different. Like everyone is, you know, it's business and you go to like a local track. We're all messing around, you know, oh, I'm going to beat you tonight. Oh, I'm going to take you out. But we all never end up doing it. And we all end up going and getting Waffle House afterwards. So <laughs> that's where I find it's fun. That's fun racing to me. What's your favorite thing to order at Waffle House? What's your favorite thing? Uh, I've been kind of mixing it up here recently. I used to get the all-star, but now I've been kind of feeling like the Texas bacon patty melt. And then like, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of the, uh, the scrambled eggs and bacon and hash brown bowl. That one's pretty good too. That, that goes good. <laughs> I don't know why that kills me, but I love it. That, I mean, what you just said though, honestly, I think if any pro would listen to you right now, they would go, yeah, because you can tell. And even though it's your rookie year, but that's fun. It's like you said, you go out, you try to beat your friends. And when it's all over, hey, let's go to Waffle House and talk about it. You know, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and that's why I think that's beautiful, man. I think like going to Waffle House and that's your favorite thing to order. I love that, dude. So are, are, so are, you, are you accepting the fact you're a pro and it's going to be a little different? Um, 
I don't, I don't necessarily know if I'll like change my, my after Lawrenceburg rituals. Cause you know, we're all the same way, even with like Trent, he's been pro for a few years and you know, he's like the same guy at the local track. That's all. That's your family. That's the people that see you the most out of the racing community. That's, that's your guys. Like, so I don't know if I really change cause that's my family. That's my home. So yeah. Now, what would you like for this to go? Like I said, you're on 18 and it's your rookie season. So, I mean, have you set goals like, okay, I want to, you know, by 25, I want to be and maybe go into another discipline maybe with motorcycle? Because I'm, I'm a firm believer motorcycle racers are like comedians. And I and I and maybe I'm patting myself on the back or just my profession. But I just think if you can ride a motorcycle really good, really fast, and you're one of the best, you can do anything. Like there was a guy, Phil Reed, he was a MotoGP champion, then he became an F1 champion. You can go from motorcycles to cars, but it doesn't go the reverse. So like, where would you see yourself going? Do you think yourself maybe going into maybe road racing, maybe trying maybe motocross, or uh, who knows, or maybe trying even cars? Like what is your overall goal? Or do you even have one? I don't really have like a long-term goal as in like what I, what I want to accomplish, like as of yet with racing, obviously everyone wants to win races and they want to win championships. That's the big goal. It's number one, but like, I don't really know kind of like what I want to do necessarily with it. Like, obviously I want to race, I want to win and I want to win championships, but you know, I'm just going to let it go year by year small goals first that was one thing that johnny like focused on too is make day-to-day goals yes and win the day you got to win the day before you can win their like win the overall I-, I never met johnny but i love that guy never met him before ever but i love that guy i i really do so i love that win the day i love it and i always say and i do the same thing i think keep a journal i don't know about you keep a journal and you go yep set daily goals weekly goals monthly goals yearly goals life goals and they can and you check them off little bit by little bit and i don't know about you but what i could like to do is is before i go to bed i write what goals i want for it to happen the next day and then you look at it you say it out loud and you go to bed wake up you look at it and you go about your day and you'd be surprised at the end of the day you go out how many check marks you'll have about what happened how you achieve those goals yeah yeah johnny had me um journaling a lot actually and that was like one thing I like kind of slacked on down there in Florida but like he was persistent like did you write down what you ate did you write down what you do like did today did you write down your time and everything of your like your run or your heart rate and stuff and all the little things that like go into the big big goal is kind of what he wanted and he expresses it to himself like he lays down every night and he he goes over his goals and makes sure that he won the day. And if he didn't feel like he won the day, you start fresh the next day and you go win that one. So it's exactly, I mean, there's a book I think you should get, I think it would help you. It's called project three, six, nine. And it's deals with like Nick, uh, Nikolai Tesla and his, everything revolves around the numbers three, six, nine. And it's great because it's similar to what we talked about, but like in the morning, it says, write what you want. Say, let's just say, like, you're, you know, you're going to race that day or, or that weekend. So that day, it's like, you know, I want to have a, a lower time. I want to have a lower time of blah, blah, blah. And you write that three times in the morning. Write the same thing six times in the afternoon. And at night, you write it nine times. 
And let me tell you something, man, that has helped me tremendously. And that book is a, it's a dearth of knowledge, and it's all revolved around mathematics, which I am horrible at. But if you get that book, Project 369, it's worth it. And I think that would help you out tremendously. And it's almost like what Johnny Lewis said, and which I think you should follow. If you journal and you read it and you say your goals out loud, man, because the universe hears everything. And especially at your age, and, and I found it out by accident when I was your age. Before, like I said, before you guys had YouTube, like you kids, you cheat nowadays. Before we had YouTube and Siri and all that, we, I just had to find it out. And I, and I found out, but if you speak it out into the universe, it's going to happen. So, like, what makes you, like, what make, how do you accomplish your goals? What's your goal-setting method? Um, one thing that I've, like, done a lot was set reminders on my phone. And it's like... It goes back to the phone again. It goes back to the phone again. You guys are so dude, crazy. Technology has taken over. That's, like, big. But, like, one of the things is, like, I just put it on my reminder, and it goes off every day. That's, like, something that, you know, you want to do. So... If you want to win, you know, the next big half mile you got in Ohio, that's what you put. Like, I'm winning. I'm winning this race. Like, I'm winning. And that's just one thing. And I like to I like to tell myself what I'm going to do. And, like, race day, I just, you know, it's like a preach, basically. Like, you preach that I'm going to win. I'm winning today. And the guy that wants to win the baddest, he'll show up and he'll win. And that's just how it goes. Dude, I love that. So are you a naturally competitive person like that? Yeah, I've always been really competitive. Like, I don't like losing in anything, even from, say, video games to, you know, running up and down the steps as a kid. Like, I didn't want to lose. What's, what's your favorite video game? Um, I don't necessarily I – like, I like my sports, like baseball and all that, but I haven't really been playing that a lot. I've actually been playing Rocket League a lot with my sister <laughs> and her fiancé. Big Rocket League guy now. You don't play Fortnite? No Fortnite? I do every once in a while. Me and Clark will get on there and play some Fortnite, but that's, you know, that's like nine o'clock. We're tired of playing Rocket League. We'll go play that, you know? I love that. So, okay. I love to. You're naturally competitive. So when you do get beat, does it, does it like have a little sparking? It makes you mad? Does it make you angry? Yeah. Yeah. Me and my, my sister's fiance, my brother-in-law future, me and him will just be like, arguing on the game like I'll get so mad and he gets mad and we'll just be like screaming at each other it's pretty good like it actually happened last night uh me him and Clark were playing together and me and him were going in at each other and Clark just kept laughing so it was pretty good but you know I ended up winning the battle because he had to go to work so it was good (laughs) the only reason you won because he had to go to work hey winning's winning (laughs) That is a sign of a champion right there. Winnings win. I love that. That is so true. That is so true. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this, though. So, like, what is your preparation for race day? It's race day. Walk me through it. From the moment you wake up, what do you do? Is, uh, do you eat a certain kind of cereal? Is it Captain Crunch? Do you listen to a certain kind of music? What is your preparation from the time you wake up to the time you get on the grid? Um, I like to, like, when I wake up, I don't like to wake up to an alarm. So dad's always waking me up. Like I like to sleep a lot, like going into a race day and I don't know what it is. It might just be me liking to sleep, but I just like to sleep a lot and let him wake me up. And then, you know, I typically don't drive to like the racetrack, but I guess he's probably going to make me after he hears this, I'm going to start driving. So, but uh, yeah, so I do that and then get there, get everything set up. Uh, you know, kind of find your buddies a little bit and just 
kind of stay loose. Like I don't want to just sit around all day and wait from 11 to four until you can actually suit up. So I go find the buddies and, you know, kind of cut it up with them a little bit. And then uh, my, my one thing that I've always been notorious for is putting tear offs on right before I go out for practice. And actually I have dad do them, but I don't end up doing them. And I don't, like, I don't know why it is. He always like pounds to me of like, get your stuff done, get your tear offs on, get everything clean beforehand. But I never do. I'll always <laughs> wait. And I don't know why I do it, but I just do it. So yeah, I'll let him do, do the tear offs. Uh, and then it's like a mad scramble after that. He's putting the tear offs on. I'm trying to get dressed and I'm sipping the jacket, trying to put the helmet on. He's still putting the tear offs on and, you know, get on the bike and line right up. I don't, I'm not a big eater on race day, but uh, that's one thing that Johnny expressed too is like you have to eat. So I've been trying to find like small foods, like something like healthy to just like carry on. So like we'll eat usually like a pretty decent breakfast. Uh, I like to get eggs. And then um, after that, you know, it's kind of just keep drinking water, stay hydrated, and then just like kind of snack to carry you on throughout the day. Cause obviously you don't want to get sick or anything and have a, you know, stomach ache all day and feel like you're going to die. But, you know, like to just move small foods. You don't look like a python on the bike. You know, you got a big stomach and you're all skinny and you're like, oh, you feel lethargic. Like, oh, I got two more laps. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be that way. <laughs> you know, exactly. Now, is there any music you listen to to pump you up? Um, I'm a big like, I like to listen to rap music. So I'm a, I'm like a big little baby fan. <laughs> so, well, it's actually, it's actually a little baby for the people that are going to like bash me on this. But yeah. <laughs> I'm big on him. He's he's got good music, so it, it gets me pretty fired up. What's your favorite little baby song? Oh, I don't really, I don't know. Probably right now, I'm gonna go with Lowdown. That that one's been pretty good. I've listened to it a lot here recently. You know, it's weird you say that because honestly, like before I came here, I was taking a shower and I and I played the one with him and Lil Wayne, Lonely, 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 Lonely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and how I I can't. The difference between the baby and little baby. Do you ever get them mixed up? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I feel so old now. I used to, I used to like go to bed. I used Just to, to like the baby. I used to like the baby, but uh, obviously, like it's it's rappers. There's a lot of you know media and everything behind them. They do something and they're bash for life. And like I don't know, it just like he he kind of stopped like producing music and just kind of like fell off. So. Little baby came out and he's been good. I actually, I actually went to uh, his concert in July. That one was pretty good. L L little baby or the baby? Little baby. Little baby. Okay, okay. I don't want to get the babies mixed up. I don't want these two babies mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Which baby? The other baby. Somebody should out with the other baby. The little baby. The baby. The other baby. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so like this is to uh, little rap music. Okay, so little baby. Who else you like to listen to? uh drake future 21 savage i mean those are like my top my top people man I, I love it i always say young energy is the best man i mean you just can't beat that and that's why like having people like you on i love that because there's that disconnect a little bit between us but there's still that i love hearing you say that you know what i mean i i just i i listen to music also but obviously not the way you do so i love that yeah. man and you know what and something that is I think it has to be said and not in a bad way because I always say man the this motorcycle community period 
is great because you have conversation with people you wouldn't normally have. Uh, you know, I've, I've traveled, I don't know how many states, and I remember being in Utah in the middle of nowhere and I had a conversation with a guy. I probably never would have talked to him. He probably would never talked to me, but because he liked my motorcycle, we talked about 30 minutes and it was a great, just a, a great conversation. We both respected each other. And I think it has to be said between you, Cameron, and whoever, when you see, especially when I saw Cameron in Tucson, it was like, wow, somebody that looked like me that in that environment, and this is not to knock anybody in racing. You know, I don't want people to think that way, but it just, it helps to see inclusion. You see somebody that kind of looks like you, like, oh my God. And that's why I was like, I connected like, oh my God. And that's where that happened. So when I saw you, it's just beautiful to see like somebody that looks like you in a, in a, in a passion that you have. So do you see yourself maybe as like a role model to somebody growing up that kind of looks like you and, and wouldn't think, oh, there's nobody like us that do this. And they see you and they go, oh my God, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. Uh, I, I certainly hope that say for me and Cameron are like moving and pushing the African culture to like, you know, progress into the motorcycles and actually like try to start racing and move forward with it. Um, I usually don't like to kind of think about that stuff because I feel like we all show up to the racetrack like the same way we, we all got there. So we're all the same people. We're all racing motorcycles and everything. So I feel like, you know, we're all there to do battle and it doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl or girl. Cause I mean, there's a lot of girls now that are moving up and they're fast yes. and you know, they're going to be a big problem. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't really think of that stuff. Uh, I think it's really cool to see that's for sure. There's a, another one kind of like local, his name's Monty. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that, uh, the African culture is moving forward with it. And same with the females that are enjoying racing. You know, I say that all the time. It's like, you don't have to beat anybody over the head with it. And you said it beautifully. Like you really don't think about it. Like you said, you have your friends or whatever, even though you're professional, you have your people and you don't think about it. You're just racing. There's somebody I want to beat. I want to put his, I want to put his dick in the dirt. And afterwards we go to Waffle House and you don't think like, Hey man, I'm black. I'm Which, and I think that's beautiful. I say, this is the greatest time to grow up. Because even if there's a girl there, she doesn't have to say, hey, I'm a girl. This is girl power. Some other little girls will look up at her and like, hey, if she can do it, I can do it. And that's what, to me, that's what it's about. It's not about beating somebody over the head with it. It's about going, if that person can do it, I can do it. And you may not know it, which I think is beautiful, but just little things like that make it that much better that you could be a role model for that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely like a big uh, motivational movement. Uh, throughout and with you know mining cameron's instagrams growing same with like say shana texter she's done a lot for the sport yes especially with like the females and the fans because i've never heard more people scream for someone in my life and it's it's for her a female racer which is actually really cool and you know the texter family in general they're just great people so it's pretty cool to see and then like jess reynolds and then um Johnny Lewis and all of them with the Moto Anatomy uh, Royal Enfield girls, the built train race. That's a really cool thing too, because it just brings a lot of, you know, youth into the sport and they actually like it and want to start racing. Youth, females. I mean, it's just everything. I mean, check off every box. And like I said, the, the motorcycle racing community is so great. 
I mean, just like I said, just period. If you're riding a motorcycle, it's great. They're always helping for each other. I mean, if you go to a, just, I know it gets a bad rap, but a rally, which is basically just, it's like a family reunion for motorcycles, for enthusiasts. And then you get to the racing part and everybody's always so helpful. If you look back at the old film clips of like MotoGP when it was like just motorcycle Grand Prix racing, there's guys who are, they're professionals and they're trying to get the best of each other. But at the same time, they were in the pits helping each other. Like, hey man, I need to clutch lever we got you and that's your competitor going let me help you put it on and he's trying to beat you don't get me wrong but they're so inclusive and helping out each other and that's what it's all about man i think it's so beautiful what you guys do i love it man are you cherishing that or do you take it for granted because i know at 18 i took a lot of things for granted (laughs) no uh that's one of the things that i've actually like really been trying to like work on is like you know make sure you say thank you to somebody because like with, with my motorcycle program, it wouldn't have moved forward uh, without this guy, Bruce Dembski, which is actually really local to me. And I can't thank that guy and his family enough. They've done so much for my program, just in general, just with bikes and everything. Like he bought a 250 for me to ride. And then like now he's bought my 450s and everything. And like he just loves to see us grow. And he's moved it not only from me to a few other racers, which is actually really cool to see. Man, that's great. Yeah, I love that you said that and get his name out there because it means a lot. People who do that, they want to help people out like that. And I, it's just that, that little thank you and that gratefulness. And that's what I love about, I mean, a lot of people put down this young culture, whatever, saying this and that. I go, the one thing they do, which I love, is that they're just grateful and they say that. You know what I mean? And I love that. Like, I mean, it's just everybody's different when you grow up, you know, from the 80s to the 90s. And I was a 70s kid, which I know you wouldn't even have thought in the 70s. But, <laughs> but, but now I love this show because they're all, like I said, they're about the gratefulness, like the thank yous. And, the, and just it, it's a great time. And you're and definitely you're taking advantage of this great time. What's the best advice somebody is giving you? The best advice. Um, okay, how about this? The best life advice. Just don't take anything for granted and stay humbled. And well, like one of the things that I hear a lot too is like the local track is like, don't forget about like the people who got you to where you are. So that's like one of the things is like, you just, even if the guy handed me a sprocket and, you know, like halfway through the day, like that went a long way because like he, he tried to make me better. And like, that's one of the things that I've really cherished. And if someone comes up to me, I was like, Hey, do you have this sprocket? Like if I'm not using it, here you go. Like, and I think it's cool too, because if I'm racing their kid or if I'm racing them, like if, if I just lended you a sprocket and you beat me, like hats off to you, like you rode that, you know, it was a phenomenal ride. So that's like one of the things that I've really focused on is like, don't, you know, don't forget about who helped you throughout the way, you know, lift them up, cherish them. Because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be you. Oh, I love that. Okay, what's the worst advice? The worst advice you've ever gotten? Like, Jesus, why did I even listen to that person? <laughs> I don't know. I I really try to like surround myself with like the best people that I can like, you know, like learn from and like I'm grateful for like the time that I've actually spent with them. And, you know, I just try to like enforce that good people are like in my life and in my circle. Always good energy. Keep good energy around you. Keep yeah, good, good vibes. There you go, man. Great vibes. It's all about great vibes. Now, how do you stay focused? Because you're 18. And when I was 18, mentally, I was all over the place. I mean, I wrestled 
And that was supposed to be my focus, but man, sometimes this would happen. Maybe because I'm a Gemini, that's why it's called Tales from a Gemini. But I was over here mentally and this and that. And how do you stay focused? Because I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get in your personal life, but I saw the picture of the girl that you took a picture with. I mean, she was beautiful. And I remember, I forget what you said in the caption, but I was like, this guy. And she was beautiful. So, like, how do you keep your focus on straight racing? Um, that's actually really hard because I try to, like, have, like, a personal life put into it. That was actually uh, pictures from prom, I think. I was probably yes. wearing, like, all black and pink. Yeah. Yeah, she yes. was beautiful. I was like, this kid right here, old Prince over here. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? <laughs> you said it for yourself. I'll call but, you Prince if you call the bike Purple Rain. How about that? Okay, deal. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I try to have, like, an outside life, outside of racing. That's uh, one of the things that, like, I try to cherish is, like, your time with people, you know, friends and family and you know, even if it's, you know, friends with motorcycles, like we're all motorcycle racers, but we have like a different lifestyle outside of the racetrack. So that's like one of the things that I try to do uh, while trying to stay focused. And then like, obviously the long nights in the garage and everything with dad and, you know, whether it's driving an hour and a half just to get a part that is, you know, yay big and weighs two pounds, you know, that's just, it's part of it, you know, and, uh, that's, that's motorcycle racing. You just, it's the sacrifices you make with the people you make them, you know? Yes, definitely. The worst part of this, I mean, the worst part of maybe let's say racing, if there is a worst part. Um, probably just like the, the, the stuff that no one wants to see within racing is wrecks, obviously. And then, what can be the worst outcome is deaths. And that's like one of the bad parts of racing. I wish that you could ride a motorcycle and never get hurt. That's, that's like, I wish it was a video game where you could just, you know, with motocross hit a jump as hard or hit that right hander and turn six as hard as you can or whatever it may be and not get hurt. How do you compartmentalize that though? Like say like, have you lost friends in racing? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've lost anyone super close to me, but like you lose people, you know, you lose people that you talk to. And like, that's like a really hard factor with like just everyone in racing because the dudes that you line up with and practice or whatever it may be, that's your family. Like, yeah, I like, I trust these dudes. My life depends on them just as much as theirs does on me. So it's like big for me to, be like focused like while I'm racing and not just be like just riding around just trying to get to the front as fast as I can like yeah you're wanting to win but like you also want to see the another day same with him yeah wow yeah I, was, I always want to know that with racers like you know does it stay in your mind or like you know cause I think Cam had a really big one I think it was last year I think it was I, I don't know, these COVID years kind of go by, but I think he had a big one, and I, I, and I was, like, worried. I was wondering how you guys compartmentalize that and still get back on the bike. or want, Have you had that big, big crash that kind of made you go analyze, analyze life a little different maybe? Uh, I have not. I, I, like, I've had, like, analyzing off other people's wrecks and stuff, but, like, I've never had that one knock on wood, too, that we don't have one of those, but, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like to picture like bad wrecks or anything within anything of racing. Like it, it's not one thing you like to see and it's different if it's like a 
well, it's not really different, but like if it's a guy messing around in the backyard on 110, he's trying to hit a jump and he racks, like he gets up and he's laughing. That's different. That's a yeah. different animal. But, you know, riding your motorcycle at a high rate of speed, like I don't like to think of the possible outcomes that are not positive. Have you ever gotten to a race with the wrong headspace? Where you, where you um, weren't right mentally? Yeah, I have actually uh, just like struggling all day, which it happened a few years ago within like June. It was at Greenville uh, in Ohio, but like I just was off all day. Like, I don't know what it was, but like it was like I shouldn't have been there. And I would get to like a point where I'd be fast enough to make it. And like, it was like, I just gave up. Like I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to ride a motorcycle that day, which, you know, I was wrong within myself and to everyone that supports me because, you know, they're, they're putting a, a gamble into me and a sacrifice and, you know, I need to give it back. So that was like the turning point too within my racing is like, I'm not only racing for me, but I'm racing for other people. Oh yeah, of course, man. I think that's beautiful. And then you gotta find, like, you gotta find that way. Oh, is everything okay? Is your dog okay? Yeah, yeah. Dad's home. <laughs> I will tell dad. I said, hey, tell dad. I said, hey. How old is your dad, by the way? How old is he? Yeah. Uh, how old are you? Forty-two. Forty-two. <laughs> I'm older than your dad. I'm older than your dad. I think it's funny, man. I think that's hilarious. I'm older than his dad. I can tell both of them go to bed right now. <laughs> man, hey, let's get some fun stuff in. Okay. Now, you guys are sponsored by Mission Chips, right? Uh, I am not, but the sport is. Yeah, flat track. So can you give me some some uh, chips our way? Can you send some chips our way? I mean, I guess I could try, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to see what he's gonna say. Okay, okay. Let's see. Um, let's go. Let's go down the line here. I'm gonna get some questions. I'm gonna get some for favorite track. Favorite track. Um, let's go with either. I'm gonna say Springfield Short Track, Volusia Half Mile, or Lima Half Mile. That's like my top three. You, you don't like Peoria? I've never ridden Peoria. I really don't want to. Why is that? <laughs> Why? I'm not like too keen on that jump. I don't know. Like a lot of people say like it's a cool place and it's unique, but like, uh, I don't know. I've seen like a lot of bad things happen over that jump over the years or it's like, I don't really know. Well, good so. things can happen too, man. Get your, get your mind right. Peoria is classic, bro. The Peoria TT. That's why I love it. That jump. Did you practice motocross? Yeah. Yeah, man. Do that. Practice the motocross and Peoria. I want to see you kick ass in the Peoria TT. <laughs> that would be cool one. All right, top five. That's what it is. <laughs> top five right there. I'm going to give you right now. I want top five in Peoria TT this year coming up. All right? That's, that's your goal. Okay. All righty. Favorite rapper. Let's see. Favorite rapper. Lil, Lil Baby. Lil Baby over over Drake? Yeah. <laughs> Lil Baby was actually my, uh, he was my top artist on my uh, Apple Music. <laughs> I had like, I had so many more minutes like listen to him than anyone else. Uh, Rihanna or Beyonce? I'm going to say Rihanna. Or, or Taylor Swift. Or, or you never know, Taylor Swift. Nah, Rihanna. <laughs> that was that was the most, like, I think, definitive. Like, it's almost like you got pissed off. No, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> In five years, where you want to be, Aiden? In five years, where you want to be? You'll be a, an adult, uh, probably living on your own. 
How, how do you want to yep. be? How do you want your life to be in uh, five years? I want to be racing motorcycles. Uh, hopefully, still still plumbing for the same company because you know it's my family, and then uh, living on my own in a big old house with uh, I don't even know everything paid for and a lot of cars, a lot of bikes. <laughs> you want to be married? You want to be married? I I yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would do it. <laughs> I mean, how old am I? I'm 18, 23. Let's give it like two, let's, let's give it seven years for that. Hey, listen, man, you don't have to, if you don't want to get married, you just don't want to get married. I don't want to rush you no, anything. No, 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 I, I want to, but I had to think of the aging there. I got I to gotta ride it out. I got to save some money. Man, hey, for you, Prince, I'm going to call you the Prince of Racing. For you, Prince, I mean, the, the world is your oyster, bro. And there's no there's no rush. There's no rush, man. You're gonna exactly. Be, you're going to be <laughs> you're gonna be kill it in five years. Now, do you want to be like, do you want to, like, go into another discipline in motorcycle racing? No, I think I want to stay uh, dirt track. And I've tried uh, road racing, uh, what was it, probably about two years ago. Where'd you go? Where'd uh, you I raced. I uh, did Nelson Ledges uh, and then Pittsburgh. I, I did um, Pittsburgh. I did Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was like, uh, what year was that? 2020, maybe? Okay. No, no. I, I can't remember. No, it might have been 19, 2019. How does this kid not remember anything? He's 18. How does he not Dude, remember I, anything? I race so much. Like, I, I don't even remember. I, but it's I road really... racing. It's road racing. I mean, you you flat track. Maybe I'll give you I'll give you the pass for flat tracking. But it's road racing. How many times do you road race? Uh, I, I road raced uh, 100 a lot, actually. I road raced probably like four or five times at that. But uh, I only road raced big bikes two weekends. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll let that slide. I'll let that slide, man. Yeah, it was a, it's a different animal, that's for sure. I wasn't too, like, keen though, on it because I'm used to, like, a motorcycle moving around. Well, then it was, like, glue, so it didn't really, like, come sideways on me or anything. So I was like, I don't know if I really like it. It's too flowy. <laughs> no, it's too smooth. It's too smooth. That's why. It's smooth and flowy. Too inf- <laughs> that sounds like something on, on a Waffle House menu. Smooth and flowy. <laughs> Waffle House cracks me up too, cause they they've been trying to get me for years. They're saying All Star Special is eleven dollars. It's been that for five years. So listen, change the price to, to what lower or Make higher? It lower. Are oh, you making that big flat track money, man? Come on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that plumbing money. You got that plumbing money and that flat track money. Yeah, yeah. I uh, spent a lot of my plumbing money on my flat track money. <laughs> That's where my flat track money comes. That and then I got some good sponsors that are helping out a lot this year too. So hey, yeah, give a shout out to your sponsors before we get out of here. Give a shout out to your sponsors. Uh, big thanks to Helmet House, uh, Showy Helmets. Uh, my guy Scott Link out there, he does great work for me and uh, he gets me safe and everything. Uh, Bruce Dembski for buying my bikes uh, and just helping me out all around the map with uh, everything. Uh, Daniel Nelson, my family, mom and dad, uh, my, my siblings, Edie and Ben, uh, my grandparents, uh, Franklin Construction, Neville's Plumbing, um, Collins Power Sports, they do a lot for me. Um, Wasner Pistons, they came on this year. Uh, they do they do a lot of great things for me this, this far already. They just, you know, we just got started with each other, so they've done a lot. Daniel Nelson, he came down and helped uh, prepare my bikes uh, at the beginning of the season, 
uh jamie uh with r9 designs he does great work and made my bikes look super sick for this year um gut seats uh who else we got we got a lot of people that have hopped on a, a service they they've helped me out a lot uh, my other grandpa bobby uh he's built me some pretty stout motors and uh, i can't thank him enough francis he does a lot of a lot of motor work for me as well. Um, Mike Parker, he uh, he came on this year. He's a real estate agent by me. Um, guy helped me out a lot too. Jim Stump, he's a guy out of Alabama. He helped me out this year. And uh, Cameron Smith, obviously, he's done a lot for my program. Same with Trevor Bruner. Um, it's just, there's a lot of people that go into this, uh, this circus and it's great to have people along board and just willing to help out any way they can, whether it's, helping out with entry fees to sending me a good luck text that that goes a long way and helps you get focused and prepared so yeah I can't thank anybody or everybody enough that has helped out over the years um same with like Corey Texter he helped me out when I was an amateur it goes a long way it's put me in a good position now so yeah I can't thank them enough Man, I, the guy that did your bike, I think that's what made me go, wow. Because I was going through my Instagram, I go, look at this bike. So name the bike Purple Rain. That dude did a tremendous job on that bike. Man, I cannot wait till you start winning, bro, and you start killing it. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You're killing it now. You're. I can't wait for the rest of the season to happen. I mean, you're like that budding star. Keep that get, get competitive edge. And, man, before long, you'll be owning a Waffle House. I know you will. You know what I mean? <laughs> I might have to do that. I might have to buy me a Waffle House. Get, get your own. Hey, you know what? That'd be so boss. If you had a big ass house and you had a Waffle House inside your house, how great would that be? That would be sweet. Yeah, it, like, it's like uh, it's like Trevor Lawrence. He uh, he won that uh, playoff game and then went to Waffle House afterwards. Like that's that's a baller statement, dude. Baller, you. Get your own Waffle House. What? All the racers go there. Get your own smothered and covered. And if there's a fight, who's going to know about it? Turn off all the phones? Bro, that's what's going to happen. Get your own Waffle Who has that? Nobody. That's how you're going to be different. I, yeah, I got I to gotta be different. I got to have, like, something else cool to go with it. Like, something that's, like, you wouldn't think of. And, yeah, Waffle House would be pretty cool, too, to have in your – like, put it in my basement or something, and it's, like, hire the people – so I like run it and then like, I'll just call them like, Hey, you know, like be home and two like get there. And then like, I pay them like Waffle House's prices and then like a hundred bucks to cook it. That would be, that would be sick. I might just have to put like a hibachi, like grill in my basement and just let them go to it. See, that's why you need me, bro. Look at that. You didn't think about that. And then I've mentioned it and now you already got it. You already got it now. It's in your head. Look at that. That's why you need me, Aiden Brown. That's why you need me, bro. I mean, his own Waffle House, that is straight baller. And you know what? Since you're in the area, why not throw in a White Castle, too? Uh, uh, I might keep the White Castles out. We got to go with Skyline. <laughs> Skyline's my place. That's the hit. <laughs> That's where he draws the hard uh, line. Have you ever, have you ever had uh, Skyline? Uh, yes, I have. Because my first girlfriend I fell in love with was from Cincinnati. Yep, Skyline's the place. That's where. That's like another one of the places that we go to. Like Corey put his uh, race on them. After the practice day, we all got in the car. We're going to Skyline. There's probably, you know, ten cars rolling in the Skyline. It's just, you know, it's a it's a big family culture. Well, when you start balling out of control, I want you to get that Waffle House in your basement, bro. 
I mean that. Sick. You're going to have Aiden Brown, <laughs> rookie season American flat track. Folks, look him up. He's in the singles, and this guy is going to kill it in life. He's already killing. He's 18. He can't remember shit, but he's 18, and he's already killing it in life. Aiden, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you very much, too. I mean, thanks for reaching out, and it meant so much to me that you reached out to me. And I'm like, yeah, we can get it done, and we got it done. So, man, keep it, keep being you. It's you're just a beautiful person as a person. You got a good heart. Keep that competitive edge to you. I want to see you win, man, because you're already winning at life, and I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini. Look up Aiden Brown. His Instagram is what? Uh, Instagram is what? Is it Twelve Aiden Brown? Yeah, 12 Aiden Brown. 12 Aiden Brown. Look him on Instagram. Trust me, you will love it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much, Aiden Brown. And you know how we say about this time. You know the word. Peace.